Living a life of intentionality takes work, but comes with great rewards. It requires you to eliminate roles that do not serve you in your current season, including roles you may hold on to dearly. Living intentionally also requires you to set boundaries and stick with them, even when it feels uncomfortable. But to first live a life of intentionality, you need to understand your true core values. Gina Grove, a faith-focused, certified life and wellness coach, published writer, and speaker, strives to help her clients feel joy, energy, and peace again through living a life of intentionality, starting with identifying their core values. Join us as we talk about how to establish your core values as the firm foundation to then eliminate the unnecessary and set boundaries to protect the life you imagine. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith inspired to tackle every area of life career, faith, motherhood, loss, fitness, fashion, health, and more. Girl, we're going to meet you right where you're at, right where you need it, keeping you one step ahead of the devil, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Come on, girl, let's get it. Hello, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak, and today I have on the show Gina Grove. Gina is a certified life and wellness coach, published writer, and speaker. She's experienced in faith-focused wellness and strives to help her clients feel joy, energy, and peace again. I've asked Gina to be on the show today to talk about becoming more intentional to live your best life. Life is chaotic and crazy, and if you are not careful and intentional, it can take you down a road that you least expected and leave you wondering how the heck did I get here? So intentionality is what we were talking about today. And I am so excited to have you on the show today, Gina. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I am excited to be here and really appreciate it. It's a privilege. Yes. Yes. So, so good to chat. Um, so I gave a little bit of an overview of who you are, but just, just a little bit. So I'd love for you to tell our listeners who Gina Grove is, and then how you really came about to become a life and wellness coach. My favorite roles are wife, mom, grandma. I'm a retired teacher. I've taught everything from preschool through adults, and I've worked as a mentor and still do work as a mentor for new teachers coming into education to offer them support. I am a trained lay counselor, and that's really how I ended up getting into the coaching aspect of life. One of the people who was a trainer as we were going through the program is a well coach here at the Mayo Clinic. And I just really appreciated what she was sharing and her energy and who she was, and it got me started. I had stepped out of teaching and Sometimes there's that danger when we talk about being intentional too. I was not intentional with the next step. It was one of those things where it was like, oh my goodness, I can't do this anymore for a number of different reasons. 
and stepped out, but stepped kind of into nothingness, which was not a fun place to be. So talking with her and doing some research and finding different programs, I found well coaches and really, really appreciated from a personal end what I got out of the program and just got really fired up about how to take aspects of coaching and what those particular programs and those tips and tricks and all the different things that are there and the research base focused and aligning those with scripture because the beautiful thing is if you find something valuable out in the secular world, you will be able to find where it originated in scripture. If it's not good for you, you're not going to find it aligned with scripture. So that's, that's what I love. That's awesome. And that's so true. That's so true. I find myself a lot of times going, wait, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You'll, you'll find it someplace yeah. in the word. Oh, so fun. Amazing. And it makes sense from going to being a teacher to then being a coach. Because as a teacher, you are a coach. You're coaching children and adults through their life in different subjects. And now, now your focus is more on that faith-focused wellness. So that's that's awesome. So glad you made the leap. Fantastic. So like I said, we're talking about intentionality today and then trying to live your best life and doing that, being an intentional. But I feel like the word intentional often gets thrown around a lot where it can mm-hmm. sound a little cliche, mm-hmm. um, but there's so much more to that word and so much more to being intentional than I think that most people think of. So when you're working with your clients, what does it mean to be intentional and where do you really have them start to start thinking about their life and living an intentional life? Your point about the word intentional, and I, I really find that to be true about just about any word. And I think a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding with people is because we'll say a word, but the people involved in the conversation are interpreting that word in completely different. I can just think about, you know, (laughs) cleaning the house and how that looks different to me than (laughs) it does to my husband. And full disclosure, he's way better at it than I am. So my idea of neat is different than his idea of neat. So for me, when I think about intentional, one of the best definitions or ways to look at it that I found is you're purposeful and you're deliberate with your thoughts and actions. So being purposeful and being deliberate, which is kind of the opposite of being reactional when you just have not thought through who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and making the decisions. And it's just day after day of reacting to what other people are bringing to the table and what's happening. So working with coaching clients, and it's actually a little bit different. There are teaching aspects in coaching, but when you're teaching, a lot of times you're you're presenting information. And the beautiful thing about coaching is it's more meeting the person exactly where they're at and helping them to understand what they're bringing to the table already as their own teacher, as their own educator. When I start to work with somebody, one of the key things is if you're not ready for change, if you're not coming to the table with an attitude of growth and with the energy to go from where you are to move forward, then coaching probably isn't the right 
step. There are times when we absolutely need maybe counseling or some other different things. So I just want to put that on the table. Coaching is not the same as counseling. But it really starts when you want to be intentional to know who you are, what you value, and to take a look at the choices that you're making. Are you living from a place that honors your values? And are you acting in a way that supports those and is moving you toward the values instead of allowing life to drag you away from them? Mm, That's good. It brings me um, flashbacks of my old life. (laughs) (laughs) And mine. I think think that's one thing that I want to be really honest here. I, I used to I listen to, I still do. I love podcasts and I love reading. Um, and I'd, I'd encourage your listeners to, if they haven't done any kind of a, a values test or a strengths finder or something like that, absolutely do that. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think there's one like a VIA strengths finders online. That's a free one. But if you don't know what your strengths are and your values are, yeah, we just, we just kind of make decisions and we go, okay, yeah, you want me to do this? I'll do that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sitting here as an expert. <laughs> I tend to do things or study things or even write about things because I need to work on them. Mm-hmm. So I'm absolutely a work in progress. Yep. Yep. And same here. Same here. Totally. But it makes sense because, and I bring this up a lot, but when I was working at a company and working a ton of hours and, you know, I had my infant and my relationship with my husband wasn't doing so well because I was working so much, you know, I wasn't living my core values. They were my core values. They were the same ones. They've, they've never changed, but I wasn't intentional about being true to those. And so, you know, finding those core values is really I think just really smart because then you can take the time and energy to focus on them for sure. Well, and I'm just curious if you're comfortable with me following up on that. So you said you were working those hours, but feeling like you weren't honoring the core values. So I'm just curious what your core values, if you were going to identify your core values, Mm -hmm. how the choices at that time didn't align with them. Yeah. So core values would be, you know, number one, just a mother and then a good wife. And mm-hmm. that family came first and, and my faith came first and, mm-hmm. and they really, you know, it was a really hard time. So my faith was in there quite a bit. You know, I was spending <laughs> a lot of time with God during that time as you do when you're, you're struggling through, but you know, I wasn't showing up as a good mom because I was exhausted and I wasn't showing up as a good wife because I was stressed and exhausted. And, you know, I gave my best to my clients in my company mm-hmm. and I gave my worst to my family as I think we often mm-hmm. do because they love us and most of the time they're going to stick around with us. So we, yeah. you know, we just, uh, we feel more comfortable doing that even though we shouldn't. So that's where, you know, they didn't align at that time. And, um, and that's where I had to really be intentional to make that decision and it, with God's guidance and, you know, a lot of prayer and with my husband's support and, and making that jump away from that company because it just wasn't lining with my core values. And and as listeners have heard, if they've been following my story at all, is that, you know, God really, um, he really showed up after that, provided me a job within a month that was part-time. And it's been an amazing experience for the past two years and has allowed me to do faith and gather. And so by crafting that intentionality and then that story of like how I wanted my life to be and making sure that I had a good foundation 
mm-hmm. with God and, and and knew that it was something he wanted me to do. Like he showed up because I showed up in obedience to that. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple of things that pop up with that when you talk about being intentional. Awareness is so key. You know, we, we tune into everything around us, but we're not stopping to take that breath and step back and go, what is going on here? And performance-based behaviors that we've learned or that we fall into because the world says, this is how you're supposed to look. This is how you're supposed to show up. It's so easy. And, and the fact that you realized that your family was suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's often the biggest wake up call, especially for women who feel like they are supposed to do it all. They've gotten the message you need to be good at all of the things, all of the things. And it's impossible unless you're God, you are not going to be good at all of the things. And that's okay. So the fact that you were aware and that you relied on God, prayed about it, and trusted Him to make that choice, I shared a little bit on the web on my website that that was pretty much the kicker for me too. When I ended up leaving teaching, it was crazy. It all went there, all the energy, all of my time, and it took my husband saying to me, "I don't have a wife for nine months of the year." Mm-hmm. And it was a brick upside the head. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how husbands can really make you aware of things because my husband was the same way. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's a gift. It really is. And I know that all the listeners don't have that kind of a supportive person who's right mm-hmm. there who's going to speak that and that whole truth and love piece. <laughs> There's a, sometimes we want to hear it and sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we talk about being intentional, I'd encourage that's one of the things, and I know we'll talk a little bit about core values and identifying those, is stop. Take a breath. Look around you. Who is in your corner who can speak truth in love? And ask them those questions. How am I showing up? Am I showing up with energy? Am I showing up with love? What do you see when you look at me? Do you see someone who's exhausted, who's stressed, who's irritable, who's run down, who's floundering? And God willing, you've got at least one person in your corner who can lovingly give you the truth. Mm -hmm. We don't always see it in ourselves. And even though we may be feeling it, again, like you had said, the world's telling us so many different things that we can do it all and Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be doing it all. And that's the way I felt too, you know, at my company, everybody else was doing it. (laughs) So why, why, why can I do it? Why, why did I have to fail? And that wasn't the case. You know, I just made that courageous, bold decision to leave. So I was very aware of my core values. How, how do others do that if they don't know? You know, they might be, maybe it's been so long that they can't even, mm-hmm. can't even think about it. Like they don't even know because work maybe has become their life or whatever it may be, um, whatever their passion has maybe taken over their life. And passions are great, but when it becomes your whole life, then it can get, it can get confusing. So how do, how do individuals who may be confused figure out what their core values are. Yeah. And that's, you know, it, wouldn't it be nice if <laughs> there was just the handy checklist that I know people have those and they're out there and we actually go through and use some different things like that. But there are a couple of different things that you can do. And depending on what kind of a learner you are too, are you a visual learner? Are you an audio learner? Are you tactile? 
the first thing that I encourage somebody to do is carve out some time. Put some time on your calendar and plan to sit down and go over this. You know, start to dig into it and begin with prayer and ask God to reveal it to you. Just something simple like, Lord, I am floundering right now. I am not even sure who I am or where my values lie. Open my eyes and help me to understand what those are. As a Christian, we know we've got the head knowledge where our value should be, and it's easy to step out of that. So the number one thing that I would encourage somebody to do is just begin with prayer and get back in the word. If that's two minutes, if that's five minutes, you know, this is not the time to say, oh, I'm going to spend an hour every day (laughs) doing, you know, fill in the blank, which would be great if you can, but start small because starting small produces a result and producing results gives us momentum. So it's, we build off that. You hear the snowball thing, but it's true. So carve out some time, sit down, pray. And I've had different people do it different ways. You know, sometimes people will just start talking out loud. You know, what is it that I used to like to do? What gives me joy? Where does my energy come from? What did I do as a kid that fired me up? If you used to get outside and play, and always enjoyed that, and you haven't stepped outside of your office in three months, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. There are small things that we can be doing. Step outside, take your shoes off, stick your feet in the grass. If you're in the Midwest or the North, like us, if you're in Minnesota, quick, do it now before November comes. (laughs) Um, Well, you can. Mm -hmm. So speaking it out loud, talking it through, If you are artistic, if you're a doodler, start to draw, start to imagine your perfect day, draw it out. If you're a writer, if you're a wordy person, start to write. If, you know, five years from now, we talk about setting visions, what would you be doing? Who's with you? What does that look like? How do you feel? And when you start to do that, your values will start to kind of bubble up to the surface. You mentioned being a mom and a good wife. I would guess that if you were going to start to create your vision, draw that out or either write it, your husband's going to be there. You're going to be with your kids. And the different pieces that are important to you, what you're doing right now energizes you. That would be a part of it. So the first thing to do is set aside the time, sit with God and write it out, draw it out, talk it out. Mm, That's good. It reminds me of, and I've mentioned this before, the day I decided I was going to quit my job prior to my husband even knowing, but it was kind of light bulb going (laughs) off right before I got on a plane. (laughs) Um, I read this little book. I actually Googled, you know, I think it was something like, how do you know when you're quitting? when to quit your job or (laughs) something like so simple like that. Mm -hmm. And this book came up and I was able to like download it and read it. And there was a few different questions, but one of them was if you continued on this path, the life that you have right now in five years, would you be happy? Mm -hmm. And the answer was flat out. Like, absolutely not. Like (laughs) would not be happy. Don't (laughs) would not want this life in five years. And um, I just imagined it like, progressing in five years, getting even worse. And then 
if you had, I think it was like $10 billion or something like that, just astronomical amount of money, what would you do with it? And I think that was the clarifying question for me was like, what would you do with your life? Where is that passion? Like, who would you be spending it with? Just like you said, like, what is that Mm -hmm. story that you're crafting in your head? And for me, it was like, I'd be spending time with my husband and son and I'd be able to be communicating with individuals. I love being a networker and communicating with Mm -hmm. people and getting to know other individuals and helping. I love helping others and so many different facets and then travel too. So I'd love to be able just to have the opportunity to travel. And so that really opened it up for me. And I think that really had me focus going back to the values of like, those are my values and that's the life that I want to create. That's really cool though, that it's, <laughs> I love that you had made that decision. Oh, yeah, it I'm going to let my husband know. <laughs> it was so liberating. I was getting back on the plane. I just had a job interview at Silicon Valley and it just did not go well. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I remember getting on the plane, walking on the plane and sitting in my chair and being like, I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> I'm going to quit my job. And it was just so liberating. And then, of course, you know, had to go home and have the talk with my husband and he was fully supportive and I prayed about it more. Yeah. Yeah. I was basically made that decision on a Saturday morning, heading back home. And on Monday I told my boss I was <laughs> leaving the job. So, but it was all God guided for sure. But there a lot of clarity in that. I get the sense that you and I are in enviable positions where we have very supportive husbands mm-hmm. and the stepping out of something that was so energy sucking and so draining was a financial possibility too. Absolutely. Yep. So lucky. So I'm guessing there may be somebody sitting here who is going, I've got the vision. I know that my job is killing me right now, but I'm the primary bread earner or I don't see myself stepping out of this right now. I I think the danger in that is, you know, to be so focused on what's bad that the energy that's being sucked, it's just kind of compounded. We talk about that snowball thing. Snowballs can be good and snowballs can be bad too. You know, what we focus on grows. And that's one of the things that we talk about a lot in coaching, what we focus on grows. So when you were able to make the choice and focus on that vision, you also were in the position, and I was too, where we could step out Mm -hmm. and start to move forward. So for somebody who's in a position where they're like, "I'm, I'm here right now, I can't, I can't leave my job there's still hope. The vision setting is still valuable because it's a reminder that where you are right at this moment is not the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. This moment is not forever. This is right now. And so setting that vision and knowing that there is hope beyond where you are right now, sometimes it's just enough for that first breath. It's like, okay, the power of and this stinks right now mm-hmm. and it's not forever. I don't like my job right now and there are options that will be available to me in the future. I am so weary right now and God sees me and he knows and he loves me and he's going to walk me through this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think setting that story, because I mean, I've set that story even I make it seem like it was just like one weekend where it all just came together. I mean, I had been setting that story. I had been writing down Mm -hmm. really how I wanted to envision my life even months before that because I was it was just unsettled, just lots of feelings going on. And so I've done that throughout my life, just kind of my personality, like where I want to 
see things go and how I envision them. And when you don't have the opportunity to do that, you can do baby steps to get you there. Mm -hmm. And I just think of, you know, my husband, he actually just recently accepted a new position and he has been in one industry his whole life or not industry, but like one role his whole life. And he really wanted to jump out of that. But when you've been doing one thing your whole life, it's really hard to prove yourself that you can do a whole completely different role to individuals who don't even know you. And so I really encouraged him to start networking and figuring out like, what are those skill sets that you need? What are people looking for? You know, doing these little baby steps. And it took, you know, a year, year and a half for him to finally land a job that he's super, super excited about. But it took a lot of networking and it took a lot of realizing, okay, this is what they're looking for. I'm going to start doing certain types of projects, even like on the side to get experience to do those things. And so whatever it may be, you can do those little steps, as you said, to like start Mm -hmm. building that life. So you may not be able to like just automatically let go of the job right now, but you can start getting that, that hope and some joy out of doing little baby steps to get you there. Right. And he was very intentional in looking at where he wanted to go mm-hmm. and seeing what he needed to backfill as far as his skill sets. And so that intentional piece in a very proactive, tangible way. And I think all of us, you know, to be very intentional, intentional about seeking God's will in all of this too, because there are so many times where I go running ahead of God. I'm like, this is what I want. And I go just racing past him and I'm like, catch up. And he's like, oh, honey, I love you too much to follow you down that path. So I'm going to wait back here for you to realize where you just went and want you come back and we're going to walk this other path together. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's that combination of bathing all of that in prayer and going to scripture and saying, you know, what does God want for me? And, and I'll be really honest. I'm not a believer in, oh, see, I'm not even going to be able to think of what, what you call it right now. We, you know, envision your wealth and things like Manifestation? that. Manifestation? Thank you. <laughs> Full disclosure here. I, I don't see that in scripture. Mm-hmm. What I see are passages where, where God says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So... I believe that God wants us to live in our strengths and to do big things for him and also to do very small things for him. Christy Wright lately, I've been listening to a lot of her (laughs) things because like you and I talked before we started, I am not a business person. So this whole, all the business pieces of life, I'm like, oh, (laughs) Ruth, don't know what I'm doing. But I love, I love her attitude and I love things she shares. And one of the things that she says often is do what's right right now. So if you're in that season of life where you are knee deep in diapers and toddlers and snotty noses and you're wiping crackers off your legs, <laughs> then you're, you serve God well right now where you are. And, you know, loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul and with all our strength. The second part of that is to love your neighbor as yourself. So when we talk about being intentional and finding what your core values are and who God has created us to be, we function where we are in the season of our life. And at the same time, we care for ourselves where we are in the season of our life mentally, 
physically, spiritually. If you got to lock yourself in the bathroom for five minutes, because that's the only break that you can get. And the little fingers are under the door <laughs> and they're not going to go, mom, what you doing? What you doing? It's like, I'm staying in here because I have to, because if I come out there, social services will be called. <laughs> um, <laughs> Many moms have been there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it's the intentionality of life doesn't mean that you're sitting down because you're choosing your next role as the CEO of some company. It means you're, you're living true to your values, the way God has created you, the world, the family he's given you in the season that you are right now. Mm -hmm. And right now is not forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of, um, I did a, uh, a mama class before my last kiddo. And one of the things that just stuck with me and I stuck, I brought it into work and I've brought it into others in my life is she's like, when you're up in the middle of the night and you're so tired and you can't take it anymore and you're doing the feedings, like, just remember, this is not your forever. And I've like carried that through, through like as a, one of my mottos, just with anything when I'm dealing with hard parts about life. And it's, it's been just so true. You know, we've been talking a lot about career and cause that, that just makes sense, you know, for you and mm-hmm. I, for our experiences and, and eliminating that. But, you know, like you had said, you know, there might be stay-at-home moms or, or women who love their career right now. And that's not the issue. It's mm-hmm. other things in their lives and they have to be intentional about, you know, eliminating those things besides like the core values. What are ways that you can be intentional about eliminating those roles or responsibilities or whatever may be. And I guess just to give an idea, for me, it's been eliminating like social media. I don't go on social media that much anymore because I just, I've realized it makes me not as great as a person. You know, I'm happy before I go on and I'm not as happy when I get off. And so I use it for business purposes and to like be intentional and catch up on people, but that's, that's about it. And so that's just an example for me, how I've done that in a personal level of like carving things out, but how would you say that for individuals who it's not career related, but maybe just like life related, eliminating things from their life to help them focus and be intentional? I think that actually though is a fabulous suggestion because I think the majority of women fall into that same category for you with social media. We tend to compare you know, how often do people post, this is what my house really looks like. Or, you know, this is what our family vacation was really like. And you got the kids <laughs> choking each other in the back seat, and the parents like, ooh. Um, so yeah, eliminating social media actually is a really and I don't I don't like the word diet. I've heard people go, you know, I'm going on a social media diet because what do people tend to do after they are on a diet? They go back and they binge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's almost worse than before. So to pare it down with intentionality, set that timer to, like you said, you're going on to check on people and see how they're doing. Have a very specific group of people, maybe, you know, hide some of those accounts that tend to drag you down and and narrow it for you. Boundaries. One of the most life-changing books for me was when I read the Boundaries book by Drs. Cloud and Townsend. Hmm. And growing up in a home where boundaries were not very well defined and dysfunctional home with an alcoholic parent. And I think most of us, if you you can find a normal home, I'm like, "Mm, 
less chat. Um, <laughs> there are some that seem to function better than others, but, and I, I kind of teased my kids. I said, listen, if I'm not sending you out of this home someday as an adult with something that you can take to therapy, I have not done my job. <laughs> Just a little tongue in cheek. <laughs> When you talk about things to let go, I think it's really important that people understand that therapy is often very, very helpful. And that most of us come from a place where we have things in our past that we need to figure out how to work through. The Boundaries book is a great, great place to start. And they have lots of different ones. They've got boundaries in marriage, they have boundaries with kids. I'd encourage people to look at that because too often, if you've grown up in the church, you've been told that you need to burn yourself out in ministry, that you are responsible serving in any role that anyone asks you to do at any time. So I would recommend that. Lisa Turkhurst's Best Yes is about mm. what you say yes to, what you say no to. So I, it's tuning into those things. It's that gut feeling when you talk about what do you want to cut out. When somebody asks you for something and your initial reaction is that kind of anxiety rise and you can feel it in your heart and your head wants to scream no, but your head is nodding. Yes. Tune into that. Awareness. Awareness is the first thing. Being aware of your boundaries. Where do you need work on those? And tuning into the voices. Whose voice are you listening to? When you're saying yes to something, what did you hear as a child that you're still living out today that doesn't match scripture, that doesn't match your values, that doesn't match who you are as God's child? Hmm. Yeah, I love that you're talking about boundaries because that is definitely an area where I, I want to say I excel at, but at the same time, I don't because it's taken a lot of time for me to feel comfortable setting boundaries, but I don't always feel comfortable doing it. And an example of, and I had um, my boss, Patty Post, on a couple episodes ago, just talking about, you know, asking God for big dreams. With her, I've had to set boundaries too in terms of, you know, I came on as part-time and it became a little bit more. And then I just realized that it wasn't working for my family. And so I just had to be open and honest with her that it wasn't you know, working out very well. And that, and then also Faith and Gather came and I wanted to focus on that. And so now I have certain set days where I work for Checkable and it can be tough on my off days, which are Wednesdays and Fridays when, you know, meetings get put on my calendar to say no to them. And sometimes, you know, I do need to do that because I am a team player and mm -hmm. I, I need to support the team. But there are times where, you know, I need to say no because I need to, you know, do something for my family or for Faith and Gather. And it is my off day. So I'm really glad that I've learned how to set boundaries and then also say no to a lot of things. You know, now I don't really do events at night. Like networking used to be a huge part of my life, like huge. I was in event marketing and now I just kindly say, no, I, I can't really do that. If it's not during the day, you know, my nights are with my family. And I know I miss out on a lot with that, but um, it helps me be a better wife and mom, which is what my core values are. But again, like, even though I say I'm very strong in that, I don't 
always feel good doing it. Mm-hmm. But when I hit the decline button or I say I can't do that internally inside, I feel like I'm failing or am I doing the right thing? Should I be a better team player? Am I making the right decisions to keep the boundaries? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I think that can be a tough part. Even, you know, I've had experience and I'm quote unquote, consider myself good at it. <laughs> but it still doesn't always feel 100% comfortable. Right, right. And I'm glad that you shared that too, because if people think, oh, I'm going to set boundaries and then I'm going to feel great all the time, you're not. And especially when you first start setting them, when you set boundaries with people who don't have boundaries, whoa, mm-hmm. especially if they're family, oh, have fun with that. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> they will push, 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 push back. Mm-hmm. So I, I do appreciate you appreciate you sharing that because it's healthy and it's the right thing to do. And to also understand that if you've never set boundaries, when you first start to set boundaries, most people swing on the crazy end of the pendulum. My husband, (laughs) he's such a patient guy. We started talking about boundaries as I'm learning all this stuff because it's in my nature to overshare. I'm like, oh, this is great stuff. And so he did start to pick up on some of them. (laughs) And what did he say to me yesterday? day before he's on the road right now for work. And I said something and he's like, Hey, I didn't like the way that sounded. Here's how I felt when you said that. And he, he shared it and he's like, Whoa, look at me setting boundaries. I'm like, stop it. Stop setting boundaries. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, we won't always feel good about it. And the other people on the receiving end don't always feel good about it. Mm-hmm. But yet boundaries are good. God mm-hmm. is a God of boundaries. God set boundaries. God sets boundaries. And so doing them, even when they don't feel good and when others are bothered by them, is still the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it gets easier. It gets easier for you and it gets easier for them. They start to realize that it is a boundary and they can't push past it and they respect that. And I can see that. I just see that in the differences um, of how people, you know, when you're working with them, how they operate, you know, some individuals will be taking, you know, emails at two in the morning and, you know, responding back. And I think, you know, that's, that's fine if that's what they choose to do, but I am fast asleep and I will not be doing that. And even if I receive a text message, a lot of times, you know, depending on the day and, and what, the urgency is of it. But if mm-hmm. I receive it, you know, early in the morning, like 536, I won't respond to it until like eight o'clock or so because I've set that boundary of like these are these are the hours where I do these certain types of things. And I think people just start to respect that and then you start to feel more comfortable with it too. I think you hit on a key word there, the word respect. I believe that when we struggle with self-respect, we struggle with boundaries. When we don't respect ourselves as God's created, loved beings who are worthy of making choices that honor the kingdom and honor how we're wired and who we are, then we allow people to not respect us. And because we're worried that they won't like us or they might judge us, then we respond to those things immediately or feel like, oh, I have to text them right back or, oh, I have to say yes. So... Even just to play around when you talk about somebody, you know, going back to your earlier question about how do you find out what your core values are, um, have somebody write the word respect down on a piece of paper. And underneath that, what does that look like to me? I feel respected when, and then to start to fill that in. 
and to really just kind of process through if I've got poor boundaries, where is that coming from? What would it look like if I had better boundaries? And why do I want this? Not so that we can sit, you know, and go, oh, I'm saying no to everything and sitting here with my wine and my chocolate on the deck all the time because I've got boundaries. No, we still want to be available and serve in the roles that God has us. But back to what you said, you want to be a good wife. You want to be a mom. You want to show up with energy and intention. You need boundaries to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And know that sometimes, I think as both of us have hit on, you will have to bend a little bit sometimes, you know, just like I think with my work, you know, and I said, you know, I'll probably take a meeting today with Checkable because I really want to be a part of that. And if I miss mm-hmm. this meeting, I might not understand how things are going along or build the relationship. So I'm doing that, but I'm making that decision. And I, I evaluated that saying, is this going to serve me well today for Checkable and for the other areas of my life and my core values? And it will, and it does. But if it doesn't, then that's when you need to be making those decisions. But I think I think on the opposite end, sometimes I get so stuck in my boundaries that I forget like it's okay sometimes if they bend a little depending on what the boundary is. There are certain boundaries that you never want to break. Yes. But to be mindful of that too. And that's a great point too. And especially if you're in a position where you are being watched by your kids and you're being watched by others, we are meant, we are designed to serve. We love God, we love others. And by loving others, we're serving others. So boundaries are not meant for us to feed our selfish nature. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are meant to preserve our energy and to preserve our value as Christ followers so that we can serve others well. So I think that's a really great point. And I'm glad that you that you mentioned that. Yeah, boundaries if we're being selfish in our boundaries, that's different mm-hmm. than being intentional so that we can preserve energy and preserve what we need to function well according to our values and in the places God has put us. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, totally. Love it. So good. As we're coming to an end here, just any other advice or guidance that you could provide for the listeners when it comes to being very intentional, you know, to set that, to just live that best life, maybe around those boundaries again, or whatever it may be, what advice and guidance that would really help them start off on this track to living an intentional life? It all comes back to without Christ as the foundation, without solid knowledge of scripture and who God is and who God wants us to be, we're going to flounder. And so the number one area to become intentional about our lives is to be in the word. Absolutely. And there was something that came up on social media. um, Are you talking about it more than you're praying about it? And for me, that was like, oh, hmm, yeah, okay. So one of the things that I've done that's been very helpful, and again, I'm in a different season of life than a lot of people. When I had my littles at home, I seriously need my sleep. So I'm not an early morning person. But what I've started to do now that has really helped is very set time in the morning. And I have three things that I do. I do my first five app, open that up and start with that. And I have a gratitude journal that I've started. I set a three minute timer. That's it. Just three minutes. 
And for those three minutes, I do bullet points of things that I'm grateful for. And if I get stuck, I'm back to the same ones. Coffee and sunshine come up a lot for me. <laughs> like coffee and sunshine. Sunshine if you're in Minnesota, yeah. for sure. <laughs> exactly. It's like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so time in the word, time practicing, being intentional and practicing gratitude, and then a prayer journal. So the focus is off of me and it's on other people. So doing those things puts me in a place where I'm already more positive and more intentional. And then just becoming really aware, just start to tune in what energizes you, what absolutely exhausts you and bring those to your prayer page with God. Bring those to your Bible study time and say, God, this is what I'm aware of. What is it that you're trying to show me here? What used to make you happy as a kid? What fired you up in grade school? What fired you up in high school? What did you do in college? And if it was partying at a fraternity or at a sorority, probably take that off. That won't be the answer. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah the party part might not. But the social connection part might be. Are you drained because you're not connected and God's wired you as a connector? Find somebody, get intentional about tracking down that one mom or that one person or reconnecting with that friend. But yeah, start, start with God, give it to him, be intentional, go there every day and watch what he does with it. Because he is, he is a God who follows through on his promises. And he says, seek me. When you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And when we find God, then we've got our guide for where we're going. Mm. Amen. Amen. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> awesome. So good. Uh, well, Gina, thank you so much for being on today. Before we head out, just want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to tell the listeners where they can find you and just how they can connect with you. Right now, got a website, ginagrove.com. And on Instagram, very pathetically, I am very pathetically on Instagram. But if you message me, I will get back to you. So Instagram, at Grove Coaching. And I have a personal Facebook page. It's my name. And in the process, inspired by people like you, Erica, of starting a separate Facebook page. So that will be coming along, which will focus on faith and conversation and coaching. And not doing it well, I think that's an important piece. It's like be willing to do things imperfectly and stumble forward if you feel like that's where God's pushing you. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you, Gina, right there with you. <laughs> and we will add all that information to the show notes. And then once you get that Facebook group up and running or the page up and running, I will add that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you again so much. Just really appreciate your heart and your experience and your guidance and um, hoping the best for you and everything that's coming your way and you living your best intentional life as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it, Erica. It's been a pleasure and, and we'll, I'll be praying for your listeners and for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Congratulations to saying yes to yourself. Fill it up your cup, feed in your soul. If you want more, head over to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the goodies mentioned in today's podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep you faith-inspired.